Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and I'll be your host for the next two hours. If you're a first-time listener, you need to know what this show is about. This is a call-in talk radio show. We hope that you call us. We don't give hot investment tips or predict where the stock market is going from here. Hot tips aren't a sensible way to invest your money, and nobody knows where the financial markets are going. We do talk about a wide range of topics related to personal finances, investments, and retirement planning. This is the important stuff. Major financial events and decisions you face in your life, birth of a child, death of a loved one, marriage, remarriage, divorce, college costs, retirement, changing jobs, living within your means, managing your debt, buying a home, refinancing, receiving an inheritance, investing, insurance, annuities. Second, you should know a little about me. McNamara Financial Services is a family business. The four of us are certified financial planner practitioners. We manage money for a fee. We provide retirement planning on an hourly basis for a fee to folks who need it. And we figure that's just about everybody. We always try to do what's best for our clients and we're into long-term client relationships. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers need to check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we might make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. This is the part where we have to say that investment returns are not guaranteed and that past performance does not guarantee future results. You probably know that, but we just wanted to make sure. So, if you have a question for us, please give us a call at 781-837-4900. The only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own and favorite talk radio show. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm joined this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed. I hope everyone had a lovely uh, Thanksgiving holiday and got to spend some time with family and friends and um, got to be thankful for one or two or several things. I um, every Every single year, Kirk, since we had kids, I was thinking we should, like, you know, be that cute family Go that around sits the table. down at the table and like says what we're thankful for. And I've never done it. And I feel like, I don't think I've failed as a mom in too many ways, but I think that's one, but it's not too late. It's not too late for us. I'm sure so this I'm, could be the, the kids, the kids would either say yeah. nothing or they would say like probably the cutest things ever. They would probably yeah. say the cutest things ever. Yeah. Um, or so or ne- maybe, ne- the, maybe the grossest things ever. Yeah. It next year depends. might be the year yeah. where we make them write something down. I mean, they always do those cute projects at school where they write down what they're thankful for, and it's, you know, always their family, and which is adorable. Right. But, guinea pigs. Right. They're probably thankful for their guinea pigs and rabbit and dogs and hamsters. Mm. The small farm. They're thankful for the small farm that we live on. Yes. No. All <laughs> right. All, well, all that's not, that is not what <laughs> we're talking. Farm. Right. That is, that is not the subject of our discussion today. We are talking about thanks and giving this morning and we wanted to approach it approach it from a couple of angles the uh, receiving and the thanks 
angle of receiving assets from mm -hmm. someone that left them to you or gifted them to you. And then we wanted to also approach it from the giving um, aspect and um, you know pre preparing assets to uh, leave to someone or someone or several people and also charitable giving we'll touch on. So sort of break the, broke the show into four components uh, or four segments and this one we're going to talk about inheriting qualified monies which are it's I just think it's a fancy term for retirement dollars. IRAs, 401ks, yes. 403bs. All right, so qualified assets are um, or qualified accounts are types of accounts where they're uh, tax deferred, meaning as they grow and receive dividends and interest and as um, positions are sold within them and if they've grown in share price, capital gains, all taxes on all those things are deferred until the date in which you withdraw from the account. So that's what a tax deferred account is. 401k uh, is an example, as you mentioned, several others many qualified accounts, you get a tax deduction to put the dollars in. So a traditional 401k IRA, you receive a tax deduction. So you reduce your taxable income in the year that you put the dollars into the account. So number one, first benefit. And then second benefit is that tax deferral. So you don't get that 1099 tax document that says, hey, you earned $1,000 in interest and you got to pay some taxes on it. So that you don't get that and you're deferring your taxes until hopefully your retirement years, as they're meant to be retirement accounts, um, to pay your taxes on those dollars. Um, however, having said that, not all qualified accounts are, um, not, all, not all qualified accounts you get a deduction to put money into. So Roth right. IRA, Roth 401k, and, and also we won't get too technical, but non-deductible IRAs. There is a few types of qualified accounts where you don't get a deduction to put money in, but they're all tax deferred. Mm -hmm. And that the growth of the assets, taxes due on that is deferred until. Are we going to put annuities in this section? We could put annuities also? in this section. Yes. Which is which is confusing because they're yeah. technically non-qualified, <laughs> but they're kind of go in this. There bucket. well, yeah. there are qualified. You can have yes. an annuity that's qualified right. or non-qualified. So, but right. we could lump those in because annuities are also a tax-deferred vehicle. Right. So even though yeah yeah very okay. confusing. confusing. Um, with Kirk, this is why one of the reasons that we have a viable business. Yes. Because it's very confusing and people yes. rely on professionals such as us to yes. answer these questions. Um, all right. So when you inherit dollars from someone and they had a retirement account, let's say they had um, a 401k through work and maybe they rolled it into what's called a rollover IRA, very common when people retire to roll their assets outside of the employer-sponsored plan into a rollover IRA. So let's just use that as an example. So um, let's say your parent passed and they left for you um, a rollover IRA. So we talked in the first segment about um, your when you inherit money, your very broad options are leave the money invested or take the money and do something with it. So obviously same answer for qualified monies, but the tax um, the tax ramifications differ, and which is why we broke this up into two segments. So when you inherit, so so during the the person who uh, left you the assets, so during their life, if they were taking money out of a rollover IRA or a retirement account, every dollar that comes out, unless it's a Roth, but for 401k IRA rollover IRA, every 403B, 
every dollar that comes out in retirement is taxable at income rates, whatever your income rates may be in retirement. We have a tiered tax schedule, so your, your tax rate depends on your income. So during that person's life, taxes are due upon withdrawal at regular income rates. And same thing for a person that inherits the money. So if your parent had a rollover IRA and um, they passed and they left it to you, you step into what's called an inherited IRA or sometimes called a beneficiary IRA. And also all dollars that come out and are distributed from the account are taxable to you at whatever your income tax bracket may be. Um, different answer if it's a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. But for, for most retirement accounts, or Roth IRA, Roths haven't been around that long, so most people that are inheriting monies now are inheriting monies of the, what I would call like the traditional qualified right. type 401k IRA rollover. Um, and so the tax consequences are the same from the person who passed you the money in, in you. The difference is the difference in your tax brackets, potentially, and we're going to talk about, you know, planning and planning for leaving money so people will sort of talk about taking advantage of tax brackets when a family plans for passing mm. assets to the next generation or tax bracket arbitrage if you want to get really fancy. But um, so, so the person who passed during their life, they pay taxes at income rates, and you do too when you inherit the money. Whether you were related to that person or not, you're, you're, you're both paying income at income rates. Again, your tax bracket could be much different from that person. You could be, you know, let's say most of the time that the person that passed was um, a retiree, or hopefully anyway, right? They lived, they lived to a nice old age and lived mm -hmm. a good long life. Yeah. And, and, and many retirees, just by nature of the fact that their income needs are lower because maybe they don't have a mortgage or they don't have, you know, they're not saving for retirement and they, their income needs are lower than, than it was in their working years, so many retirees might be in a lower tax bracket than someone who's in their working and earning years. So like if someone, like if a parent age 85 passes and leaves money to an adult child age 55, for example, the that 50, prime prime working yeah, years probably. Yeah. Exactly. That that person is probably in their highest tax bracket that they might ever be, right? right. And that because they're in their latest working years and generally speaking most people unless they're part you know uh slowed down or whatever most people are in their highest earning years right before retirement um so the amount of taxes do might differ but taxes at income rates is the same so but but as we touched upon earlier different answer with regards to when you inherit a roth from someone if you inherit a roth so so again during that the person who was living during their lifetime, they could take dollars out of a Roth completely tax-free. Same answer. If you inherit a Roth, you can inherit, you can have a beneficiary or inherited Roth IRA, and all dollars you take out would be tax-free to you. So it's a very, I uh, we did a whole show on the beauty of the Roth. <laughs> I and recall. This is I loved that show. If you don't there's, listen to our podcast, you should subscribe. You're still glowing. Yes. You should subscribe yeah. just for that show, which was the Roth and all its beauty. But here is, um, you know, we're supporting that statement again that um, 
all dollars that come out of a Roth are tax-free. So if you are a recipient of an inheritance and part of that inheritance is dollars in a Roth, great pot of money to inherit, number one, also a great pot of money to not cash out and to leave invested. But that brings us into required distributions that beneficiaries of qualified monies are subject to. So if you inherit retirement monies from someone, you are subject to required distributions, whether you're a spouse. Unless you're a spouse. Unless you're a spouse, that's right. Unless you're a spouse under the age of 70 and a half. Well, we'll talk about the other people yeah. for today. But if you're inheriting a retirement account from your parent, for example. Right. In your, well, back up for a moment. In your, in the years when you're li- when someone is living and has their own retirement account, 401k IRA, you are forced to withdraw upon attainment of age 70 and a half. You are forced to withdraw a relatively small amount of money from that account. It's called a required minimum distribution, and all retirement accounts are subject to these required distributions, with the exception of the Roth IRA. There's always an exception in our world, but all retirement accounts. If you've got a 403B at work, if you've got a 401K, if you've got an IRA on your own, if you've got a rollover, you will be forced to withdraw a certain amount of money from that account when you reach age 70 and a half. It starts at about 3.65% of the value of the account and the percent that you're required to withdraw goes up annually. As your life expectancy gets shorter, you're forced to draw a higher percentage. So that's during your lifetime. When you inherit monies from someone, if you're inheriting a retirement account, whether you're age 70 and a half or not, you will be required, actually we, we can, there's a way, there's sort of a way to get around this, but you will be required to draw a small percentage based on your age of the amount of the money from that account. I mean, the, the, the premise is that the federal government, I well, I don't think you can argue this, the federal government wants its tax revenue. We talked right. about... You can't hide it forever, yeah. Right. We talked about tax deductions to put money in IRAs and tax deferrals, so the government is kind of throwing you a bone here with this retirement savings, and they're, and they're allowing you to defer your taxes to it, but they want their tax revenue at some point. They don't want assets passing from generation to generation to generation and taxes never being paid on dollars. So they force required distributions. Um, and which I think actually makes perfect sense. As, as, as much as some people hate being forced to draw money from their savings um, and paying the taxes on it, it, it does make sense if you think about you had potentially, f- let's say, 40 years or 45 or 50 years of tax deferral. So um, I think it makes mathematical or business sense anyway. So when you inherit monies and you're under the age of 70 and a half and you inherit a retirement account, your required distribution is based on your life expectancy. So the IRS has tables that they refer to and they, they, they look at your statistical life expectancy. So if you're inheriting the monies at age 25, again, fortunately and unfortunately, if you're inheriting monies at a young age, your required distribution from, from a retirement account, if that's what it is, is going to be very small. I, I don't know, I have the tables in front of me, but it's yeah. got to be a percent or percent yeah. and a half or something. A very, the, the younger you are, the smaller the percentage that you're required to draw out. Um, so it's relatively, depending on your age, it could be, you know, it's a relatively insignificant amount, and keeping the monies invested is certainly a viable option, though you will be subject to required distributions. 
So the one caveat to that is that if you inherit a Roth IRA from someone, you are not required to take a distribution annually. That is the one, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say one account. That is the one retirement account where you're not subject to required distributions. The segment we did prior to this on inheriting non-retirement monies, mm -hmm. those accounts are not subject to required distributions either. Those could be invested indefinitely with no forced withdrawals, but those are not tax-deferred accounts. So the Roth is the only tax-deferred account where beneficiaries are not... I'm sorry, I misspoke. What did you say? You're you right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Beneficiary... I'm sorry. I just... That just... A light just went off and a uh, uh, light just went off in my head. P uh, beneficiaries that inherit Roth dollars are subject to required min minimum distributions. They, they do have to take money out, but, right. but there's still no taxes. Oh, I'm glad I caught that. Right, it's still tax free, but you are required to take a distribution. Oh my goodness, I'm glad I caught that. I was totally going down like, the wrong path there. <laughs> How embarrassing. Let's take a break. No, I'm kidding. Uh -huh. I'll get over it. Um, all right, so I apologize. So all retirement accounts, you do have to take a required distribution from. Um, go ahead, did you have a comment? Well, I can say annuities also. Um, yep. We had talked about, so if someone has a, a non-qualified annuity or an IRA annuity for, that, for yep. that purpose, both of them are, you know, while the, while the person is alive, they're tax deferred, um, but annuities are taxed differently in that they're taxed, you know, there's the there's the basis piece or the, you know, what was put in yep. versus what it's worth. Um, and if you take money out, you know, they tax you. They assume it's earnings first and, they, yeah. and they tax you as regular income, you pay your taxes which is front, different yeah. than everything else. But, um, but they do allow for basically continuation where you can take it and you keep, keep the money tax deferred, but you do have to take Required distributions right. um, from the account, right? Similar to so it's another yeah. like an IRA. Yep. Yeah. So if you inherit monies of different types, let's just say, for example, you inherit two hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars of it is in a retirement account, and a hundred thousand dollars of it was cash. So when it comes down to thinking about what is the best use of the dollars and not, and not only that, what is the best use of the dollars and, and if I need dollars for debt reduction or elimination or for to get my kid through college, what's the best place to take that money from? In, that, in this example, let's keep it really simple. You inherit 100,000 of cash and 100,000 dollars in retirement and let's say you've got a kid that's a junior in college and you need two more tuition payments and you so you need a hundred thousand of that two hundred so that's really simple you take the hundred of cash because it's the most tax efficient you use that there's no taxes due on cash and if you are going to leave a chunk invested you would most likely leave that retirement chunk invested because even though you are subject to required distributions you have the benefit of the tax deferral on that and not only that, in that example, if you needed 100000 and you took 100 from a retirement account, you increase your taxable income in that year by $100,000, which is a significant enough amount of money that it could bump you into another tax bracket, so you're paying taxes at a higher rate. just depends on your other sources of income. Um, so, you, so whenever you're, if you've inherited a significant amount in the form of a retirement account, 
whenever you're thinking of taking significant dollars, and you know, the, the significant means different things to different people, but on the orders of, if you, if you need, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars for something, be careful taking it from a retirement account because you're realizing taxable income on that. And, and you know, dep again, depending on your tax bracket, you're probably paying a minimum of 30% or more on those dollars. So, so the tax. So if you have different pots of money to choose from, generally in my world, although we're going to kind of throw a wrench in this in a minute, but generally in, in, in my world, I would recommend people take their their income needs from the most tax efficient place, which in that example would be the non-retirement monies or the cash if you have inherited monies. Right. Yeah, there's also, I mean, there's also the, you know, looking at their whole picture, right? So if they're, maybe the, per, maybe the, the beneficiary is, if they are working and maybe they're in a relatively low bracket or maybe they're not working or maybe they're in a year in a year when they're you know looking for a job and so you know it might make sense for them to take some of that IRA money that year if they're yeah. if they don't have any other taxable income yep. so it really it really just depends um, you know on what's going on but yeah in general yeah you want to you know keep the tax deferred money deferred um, as long as possible and and maybe work off some of the other money um, so we talked about the, so yeah, so on the IRA, you know, if you inherit an IRA, you know, our, our typical advice is if you don't need the money, you know, do what they call the stretch IRA yeah. and take those, you know, take those minimum distributions, you know, each year and let the bulk of the money grow tax deferred. Um, that's, you know, that's generic advice, assuming you don't, don't need the money um, yeah. right, right up front. Sorry, I was going to interrupt. But go ahead. Yep. Well, you know, we had we were going to talk about like beneficiary designations and like issues and problems, but I don't know if maybe we should save that, for the, that for, for the for the positioning the positioning save segment. That, yeah, okay. let's save that for the next segment when we talk about positioning assets okay. to, to leave a legacy or to leave money to people. Um, one of the well, we were talking about. Um, I'm I'm very cognizant of taxes, I guess, because because I enjoy that, but. When you inherit qualified monies or retirement monies from someone, um, you know, we've been talking about we'll limit what you take because of the tax brackets. But you can take as much as you want from an inherited retirement account. And of course, you're going to be paying income taxes on it, mm -hmm. unless it's a Roth, but you're going to be paying income taxes on it. But there's no penalties beyond that. So that's different from when you, from your own retirement savings. So if you have a 401k IRA on your own, and if you take money out of your, not an inherited account, but your own savings, retirement savings, if you take dollars out of that before the age of 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty that the federal government imposes in addition to taxes. So yeah. it's a way to you know, uh, incentivize people to save that for retirement, it's a retirement savings vehicle. But when you inherit money from someone and you have that beneficiary IRA or inherited IRA, you can take as much as you want. You can withdraw as much as you want from that account, and there's never a penalty. There's always income taxes or realized taxable income. Taxes depend on your own tax situation and tax bracket. Um, so we should be clear that you can take as much as you want whenever you want from an inherited IRA with no penalties beyond, but you just have to be cognizant of taxes. Mm -hmm. But we were, you know, a very common discussion for us is, like I said earlier, I've inherited this money. I don't. I don't know what to do with it. So, one of the first 
ways to assess what to do with it is to, is to figure out what types of what, what type of an inheritance it is. Is it qualified retirement money? Is it non-retirement money? Is it cash? Is it invested securities? Was there a step up in basis? So, so figuring out what you have is like number one or number two. The you know the other the other half of that is what is your situation, and then we can make a recommendation. But figuring out. Um, what you have for inherited monies is really important. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, you know, if unless you're the executor of an estate or the trustee of a trust, you generally don't know what exactly the portfolio look like, looks like and how it's going to be divvied up. Um, yet generally, you know, if a parent dies and there's four kids, one of the kids is an executor and the other three kind of don't exactly know what's going on. They just know that they're going to be receiving X dollars, right? But they generally don't know the breakdown of that. So it's really important to kind of figure out, you know, from and cooperate with the accountant and the estate planning attorney um, and, the, and the financial advisor, if there is one, and figure out what you have. Because if there is, if there is a pot of money that's going to stay invested, generally it Generally speaking, it would be the retirement pot because it's there's just adverse tax consequences to take uh, a significant amount of dollars from that. Um, and so then you know you can get into well what to do what to do with the money. And actually, I can think of several situations where beneficiaries receive an inheritance and they don't need the money. So great for them if they're in that situation where they're already you know well off. Financially, they have enough cash flow in their life that, you know, they don't have need for much and they've inherited monies. Um, I can think of situations where people that have inherited retirement monies, they're forced to take that distribution. And if you're in your, you know, 50s or 60s or older, your your forced distribution can be, what, three, four, two, three, four percent of the portfolio, mm -hmm. which is not insignificant depending on the amount of money. There are some times when people take that distribution and don't need it and they want to know what else they can do with it. So certainly you can get into strategies where even if you're forced to take a distribution from an inherited um, retirement account, you can certainly turn around and, and reinvest that. So you can either reinvest it into um, a non-qualified or non-retirement account of money. So that would be like you, you pay your taxes on that forced distribution and you redirect the monies to a non-retirement account. That's and anyone could do that. That's yeah. simple enough. There are situations where you know we were sort of talking about um, you know tax strategies. I actually have I have one client who inherited a retirement account from her mother, and she's not. This particular client is not currently working, but her spouse is working. She doesn't have a retirement plan on her own through work, but she can make what's called a spousal IRA contribution. And depending on their joint income, whether or not that's deductible is a different story. But if someone can take proceeds of a required distribution, and if they are eligible to put it into their own IRA in their own name, if they have, if either they have earned income or their spouse has earned income, they can essentially offset the taxes due on that distribution. Mm -hmm. Like if they were forced to take 5000 from an inherited IRA, and if they were eligible to make their own $5,000 IRA contribution, you could avoid the taxes completely because even though you're realizing $5,000 of income, you could take a $5,000 deduction by putting it into a retirement account. So there might be 
a tax work workaround yeah. on that for the people that don't need the monies and and are and want to be um, deferring taxes and want to be saving more in retirement for the future. And we're going to talk about it in one of the other segments when we get into the charitable giving. But another option is you know taking your RMD and sending it right to a charity. And, yep. and avoiding the taxes on it uh, yep. if you don't need it. But yep. we'll talk about that more. One other thing I was looking at, and I'm surprised you didn't talk about it because, it because it's about a Roth. Oh, uh, no. But it's, but and it's, the, beauty of all, and but, the beauty of it? But it's limited. And, and I actually was not sure about this, so I was looking it up about whether or not you could convert an inherited IRA to a Roth. Uh, um, oh. It says if you're a spouse, you can. But for non spouse If you were but, the spouse right. of the, the decedent. Right. You could, you, could you, could, you could convert it that money to a Roth, but if you're does if you're that, but if you're a non-spouse, then you cannot do that. Does it does the conversion satisfy the required distribution? Oh no, because you wouldn't we'll have be a required a one. distribution if you were under right. seventy and a half. Right. I'm gonna have to remember that one, Kirk. But I wasn't sure. Yeah. So you can't you cannot so you do it if, if, if you're not a spouse, spouse. Then you cannot convert it. It has to stay. Yeah. Stay the way it is. One thing we touched on is um, sort of the. We've been focusing on, you know, maybe uh, kids in, inheriting money from parents. But if you have a spouse that passes and your spouse had retirement assets, you don't have to open a beneficiary or inherited IRA. You just um, sort of assume that IRA of your spouse as your own. So if you have your own IRA, it just gets combined with your own. If you don't have your own IRA, you open up your own IRA, and that money just you just treat right. it like an IRA as if it was in, always in your own name. Yeah, as a spouse, I mean that's a nice just, thing. It makes makes your life a little simple. simpler. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. simpler. All right, so sort of you know what, what to do with the money, what not to do. You know, sort of same answers as as we discussed. Um, you know, tax consequences are a little bit different, but certainly, you know, if, if there is money available to reduce debt, eliminate high interest rate debt, um, you know, sort of clean yeah. the slate in terms of debt. Yeah, I guess if it's on the, on the IRA side, if it's, you know, if it's the qualified money that we're talking about, I guess I would lean towards trying to preserve it yep. more so than the, than the non-qualified, especially if you're, yeah. if you're behind, if you think you're behind with retirement If savings. you're behind in yeah. your savings. You know, if you don't think yeah. you're on track, all of a sudden, you know, you have this nice thing, you know, come into your life um, that you could add to your, to supplement your existing retirement savings. I think yeah. that makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, I agree. Versus the non-qualified, you know, a little more flexible. Yeah, I 100% I agree. Maybe forced distributions could be used to overpay debt if there's debt. But yeah, you've got to bear in mind tax consequences when it's qualified monies. Yeah. All right, I believe it's time for a break, um, we've we've this is our thanks and giving show, and we've been focusing on the thanks aspect of that, which is inheriting monies from someone, and we want to switch gears in a little bit and um, talk about the giving aspect of it. And I think the next segment we'll we'll do is sort of positioning your assets to leave to someone and positioning them in an efficient manner. Um, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You can find me at McNamaraFinancial.com as well as my husband Kirk Reed has been joining me this morning. We have a new, I can't even really call it new anymore, but we do have a new-ish website. And one of the features I'm most excited about is ability for people to schedule meetings right there on the website. Mm. Links directly and live to our calendars. 
Um, so that's a pretty cool feature if you haven't checked that out, whether you're an existing client or, or not, or if you just had some questions for us or want to you know, talk with us a little bit more, you can do it right from the website. And of course, all of, all of the radio shows or most of the radio shows that's right. are available on the website. That's right. Uh, I might be a week behind, but we do have an on-air section of the website where I do post the podcasts. And we actually, um, if you have a podcast app on your phone, you can just search McNamara on Money on your podcast app. We are on the iTunes store. And you can find our podcast. And like I was saying earlier, it's historically it's been one podcast a week just of the, of the show, which is two hours. And we're, we're making an effort. I would say in the next two weeks, you're going to start seeing four podcasts a week, which will be four shorter yeah. segments of this show, but just broken down into uh, shorter, more reasonable podcast. Segments. Little targets, that way yeah. you can listen to something that might pique your interest versus the whole, the whole show. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back.